Welcome to the Coach Fury Podcast. This is where fitness and geekdom collide. It's time to live long, be strong, and die mighty. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 94 of the Coach Fury Podcast. If you've been digging the show, the return of the show, do me a favor and please subscribe, rate, and review. Let's get the word out, not just for me, but more importantly for the guests. I think there's been a Really good stuff happening on this show, and I feel like our guests deserve a greater reach than I can provide on my own. With that said also, if you really dig the show and what I'm trying to do with it, do me a favor and hop over to patreon.com slash coachfurypodcast. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash coachfurypodcast. And like, you know, make maybe a a 50 cents or a dollar uh, patron donation to the show per episode. So it won't hit your wallet hard, but collectively, we can do some cool things with this show. It'll help us out a lot. Uh, that said, speaking of helping out a lot, the guest this episode is Kevin Godfrey. Kevin Godfrey is the owner of Trusted Safe, and he's on the board of the New York Fitness Coalition and the United States Fitness Coalition. And in the rumor mill and all the conspiracy theories going on about fitness and science and the virus and all the data... And all of that stuff, Kevin's one of the people in New York we're very very lucky to have. He is directly speaking within the inner circles, the Department of Labor, the Department of Health, um, county officials to know, A, what are they seeing and experiencing in terms of gyms and the environment uh, and the virus? What are we experiencing? Uh, and it's just big, invaluable. He's also going to talk about like actually how to... Make sure your places are cleaner and safer using the right products. Kevin's been an invaluable resource to me and at the Speakeasy of Strength to just level up our game. So I'm really excited for you to listen to Kevin Godfrey on this one. Uh, he really has done a lot of good for New York and, and was largely one of the handful of people directly responsible for getting us back open. And uh, look, for all of you out there, I know a lot of us are closed again uh, or waiting like myself to be closed again. And I'm just, as always, sending love for this industry. What we do is important. You are valuable. Never forget that. Let's listen to the show, episode 94 with Kevin Godfrey. All right, so Kevin, some big news dropped yesterday, and uh, I want to hear your thoughts on that. And that was that, in fact, Wonder Woman 1984 is going to open <laughs> on demand on Christmas. I'm kidding. The big news in New York City, that is big news uh, in Nerdland, but the big news is, is yesterday... I actually didn't hear that. Oh, actually, yeah. <laughs> I actually didn't hear it. Merry early Christmas. Demand this Christmas? I thought they pushed uh, it back. Wonder Woman. Did I say yeah. Aquaman? No, no. Did I just say Aquaman? I don't know. I don't think I did. <laughs> I don't think I did. Over. I'm kidding. I think, yeah, I don't even think they've uh, approved the script for Aquaman 2 yet. No, I don't think they have. But yeah, they announced yesterday, um, amidst all the amazing news that seemed to be coming out yesterday, uh, Wonder Woman 1984 is going to open theatrically and on HBO Max without an additional fee on Christmas. Wow. Um, but the joke aspect of that, well, it's also kind of sad. Like, yeah. here's the thing. Like, that's a major movie. I, mm -hmm. I'm sure this means Black Widow's probably around the corner for that as well because it's just right. taking yep. so long to sort of really hit any sort of even like new normalcy, right? Right, right. Um, the big news for us... Uh, Kevin is, is in New York State. Uh, he's in Long Island. I'm in New York City. Um, but we're both fellow Long Islanders. And it, it is yesterday was one of the most frustrating moments uh, that I don't know if everybody outside of owning a business or outside of New York State sees that we deal with. 
And that was as the governor was talking about the city hitting potentially 3% and potentially closing schools at the same exact time, Mayor de Blasio tweets that schools are now closed, that we've hit 3%. Yep. So literally newscasters are getting yelled at in a rant by Cuomo unfairly um, while the question they're asking is actually being confirmed unknowingly by anybody, but the mayor at the same time. Right. So for listeners, the, um, uh, schools have now been closed as of 1119 indefinitely in New York State. Um, and the governor is threatening to put New York City in an orange zone, which means all non-essential businesses essentially are going to shut, or at least uh, indoor dining bars, restaurants, restaurants gyms, right. mm -hmm. um, which brings us to this, this big thing. Um, Kevin and I were talking well, before, before we started recording, and he was like, I am getting thoroughly tired of hearing gyms being lumped in as bars and restaurants we are other than being indoor businesses that are struggling to stay open and alive mm -hmm. uh, we have absolutely nothing to do with each other uh, we have just as much to do with bars and restaurants as we do with retail or tattooing or hair hair salons or uh, nail salons or any of it, any other open business um, mm -hmm. if anything we're actually safer than most of the things if not all of the things i just listed so Correct. Kevin was like, oh, I got, we were on a call with Suffolk County and I got info on that. So Kevin, share with the listeners, what, why are they lumping gyms in with bars and restaurants? Yeah, well, uh, actually to, to backtrack a little bit, de Blasio just announced also that whether days or weeks, gyms are shut down. By the, from, the, from when we spoke a couple of minutes ago to now, it, he basically said within days or weeks, it's definitely happening. So, I'm going to throw this out for the listeners. This isn't, yeah. it, it's upsetting, but it's not a surprise. Um, uh, a week and a half ago, almost two weeks ago on a team meeting, I told my team, I think we're shutting, getting shut down. Don't worry about it. We're going to be prepared for this. And then this week I mentioned it to all my indoor training members, which isn't a large part of our populace. So like, it's right. not a shock. It is upsetting. Um, mm -hmm. we, we, we should be part of the aid. But so right. with, with the Blasio's wonderful news. Yeah. So, um, but what, so essentially the, the confusion and the frustration with gym owners across the state really is, you know, why every time one of the government officials speaks, is it always restaurant bars and gyms, restaurant bars and gyms, right? So um, essentially what we were able to, to sort of extract from the phone call that we were on today uh, with some, some various county uh, officials was that they're, they're doing it by clusters, all right? So, you know, when they are picking up all of the net, well, actually, let me, let me backtrack. They, they came out and officially said to us, uh, it is not tied to gyms. Like, we know it is not. We are, all of the contact tracing that we are doing, all of the results that we are getting, uh, it's not gym related. So we said, yeah, we know. <laughs> before, we, before we go forward sure. on this, because this yeah. is an important thing, because I've seen many reputable owners across the country post about things with numbers and, and check-ins and things that we've done as part of, mm -hmm. you know, um, my involvement with, you know, New York and United States fitness coalitions and yours involvement. Yep. There's always somebody that says, who are gym owners to read the numbers? How do you think naively that these people are being targeted? What most people don't realize and what I'm super grateful for you and Charlie, who was on the show uh, a few episodes ago is, is we are speaking directly to the inner groups of it. It's not some random theories or rumors that we're dealing with. Uh, just to, before we go a little deeper, can you tell yeah. them like 
about the connections of the type of people that are directly involved in this that you are speaking with that this isn't just I want I don't want people to think this is just gym owner fitness people whining and making stuff up and conspiracy right. theories I want yeah. to know I want people to realize what I love about having you on the show and I think it's so important other than your you know we've gotten to talk a bunch on uh, during our own inspections mm -hmm. um, is your credibility and direct connection those people that have their own, there's like this conspiracy theory of blowing at conspiracy theorists, right? Like yep. it's like, that's their own thing because their science or knowledge or rumors are better than ours. So who yep. is it that you're speaking with when you're getting these rumors? And then we'll pick up from okay. that. We know it's not gyms. Yeah. So, so essentially um, in the various calls that we are asked to be on, and this isn't that we're like banging on doors and pleading for, you know, a commissioner to please talk to us. Most of the time they're reaching out to us and it's because they're in the dark. So what we're actually dealing with are the commissioners of the economic development and planning, the uh, directors of the uh, department of labor, the head doctors of the, you know, the doctors that are running the various department of health. These aren't, low-level employees that they're sort of just shushing us over to and saying, yeah, 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 talk to them uh, and, and do your thing. It's We're actually talking to the people that directly report to the control rooms, as they're called, that directly report to Cuomo. So we're you know two heartbeats away uh, from Cuomo in, in all of these conversations. Amazing. I think it's so important that people acknowledge that because especially on the Book of Faces, literally, I've just seen people like trying to make up their own science or saying that actual facts like the hardest part we have in our country right now is that no one believes anything um right. unless they bring their own bias to it so mm -hmm. i know that my opinion on some of these things whether it's the government or the virus or guidelines or closures is different from other people in the coalition and organization right. and then that's fine mm -hmm. but there's facts that are happening so listeners this is from direct people not being paid fitness professionals not gym owners that we're directly talking to these are the people that are um, could be on our side or could be against us, depending on data and fact. Right. And this is the information that they're providing. They are not leveraged or biased. They're just dealing with the situation based on science, which is the thing we keep talking about that we want to follow. Right. But seems the hardest thing to grasp. And, mm -hmm. and, 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 and that's where the fear really seems to come in. So thank you for clearing that up. I just think it's so important that people realize that this isn't just two gym owners or something spewing this out. Just, right. Um, yep. And so, so we know it's not gyms. We're talking directly to the people of the inner workings. Yep. Um, so how is it? Why is it that we're getting thrown in with that? So, so essentially what they're really doing is they're taking the clusters of, because there's, you know, there's obviously outliers in anything. So there's a couple of cases here. There's a couple of cases there. But for most of the 80-20 rule of life, there are 80% of clusters here and then there are clusters here and there are clusters here. So what they're, what they're actually doing is, and this is where the Department of Labor's are getting involved and the economic development boards and all of this, is that they are looking at the areas of social gathering within those clusters. All right, so that's pretty much the one thing that everyone can agree on is that social gatherings are the root cause, right? Makes sense, okay. So where it, is dragging the gyms down with it is that they're looking at these clusters and they're saying, all right, so what businesses have the biggest representations within those clusters? And so people are saying, well, you know, uh, I saw a line of a hundred people on home goods trying to return throw pillows, but they're not lumped in. Why the hell is that? Well, because there's one home goods in that five mile radius. 
there's 50 gyms, <laughs> mm. right? So it's not necessarily that everyone is going into the gyms, they're getting sick and they're spreading. It's just that they're looking at it and they're saying, wow, there's a shitload of bars over here. Wow, there's a shitload of restaurants. Wow, there's a ton of gyms. But that's true for everywhere. Yeah. That is the problem. And that is the only reason why it's being lumped in. Because everyone is always pushing back. Why, are, why isn't Walmart closed? And of course, there's a, well, the sales tax and you know, all, we can go down that route. But essentially, there's one Walmart per 10-mile radius. But within that 10-mile radius, how many gyms do you think that it's? How many CrossFits? LA Fitness, Planet Fitness, New York Sports Club. Right? There's, there's just a lot of square footage dedicated to uh, fitness centers, gyms, yoga, Pilates, et cetera. So that's actually how they're lumping everyone in. And there's nothing we, we can do about it. How do we, ch is there a way or a path to change the dialogue on that to make that clear to the public as opposed to what, what's happening, unfortunately, is like everybody can have a clear image of a bar, whether it's empty or not, that people right. are going to drink, they're going to get a little louder, they're going to get a little closer, right? And judgment gets impaired. I mean, quite frankly, that's, that's the fucking point of going that's to a point. bar. Yep. Uh, restaurants, it's a little different, but you know, it's, it's even really quickly on with outdoor dining, people got very comfortable with four people that they weren't sort of whatever you want to say at potting with cohorting and right. being very close and eating and drinking, you know, like that's a, that's a thing too. Um, fitness has so unfairly, uh, obviously, look, you can say now that I am biased as an owner of a very small studio. Mm -hmm. Um, Fitness, though, has been just labeled so specifically that it almost turned, I shouldn't say almost, it's turning against the industry. It's not right. just like there happen to be a lot of gyms and a lot of people work out across all these gyms. Right. They're making it seem like every studio and every activity is the problem itself, not the type of business, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, that's essentially they're just not defining it properly at the state level. And they're not actually just giving this little asterisk of why they're they're saying this and that's the problem and and when people such as Cuomo say listen there are studies there are data points that show that gyms specifically do it most of the time if you actually look into most of the articles it says well based on a study in North Korea in April and you're like what the hell are you talking about North Korea like what I don't know what they're doing there could be chickens running around you know, in that gym I don't know what's happening there so, uh, or they say, well, in Italy, there was a spread in a fitness center or in, uh, you know, Spain. And you're just like, no, no, I don't care about any of that. I, tell me about Long Island. Tell me about Brooklyn. Tell me about the data points yeah. that this state is hiring a task force or a focus group or whatever they want to call it to generate for us, for the taxpayers of the state. And that simply doesn't exist. Why does it seem so hard for the public, the, the you know, the American public, when when they use data to believe that when when we say hey look the numbers actually show the opposite of what is being right. said about us mm -hmm. why is it so hard for them to believe that aspect of it like why why is why is it become i guess what part of it for me is like look if i was the, like a member of a big box gym and i wasn't in the industry mm -hmm. i would be like that and subways and other things you know like clubs and things i'd be like i'm not going to go there that seems really crowded but now that we have capacity and guideline changes mm -hmm. that like actually distance stuff as long as they're being enforced why right. is it seemingly so surprisingly easy for so many people to think uh that the data is against us no matter how many times people post like we've all done it i've posted on next door about something mm -hmm. charlie posts something and, and and people are like you're trying to murder people as opposed yeah. to trying to help people what do you think yeah. it was that was so quick for people to try to turn against us? And I know fear is obviously the biggest reason right. of it, but in terms of like actually accepting data, why does that seem so 
complicated. You know what, you know what it is? Is it's because it really, uh, and, I, and I use this example a lot when I speak to people, but the North Korea wasn't just a made up example. I mean, a, initially, a lot of the studies that they were quoting in on CNN or on wherever, it, it was basically saying, gyms are unhealthy, gyms are scary, gyms will get you sick, gyms will do this, gyms are a constant source of uh, viral transmission. And then it says, according to an outbreak in North Korea, like they were running that a lot. But it was the beginning of all of this too. And now we're, like, people, exactly. want to, people refuse to accept like how long we are in this process now. Even in New York State, August 24th was when gyms started to open. We haven't mm -hmm. had a big outbreak now in almost three months. Right. Um, and I don't mean like there was a big outbreak, like there's been no proof that the opening of gyms had any impact right. on these Not rising numbers. We right. basically know that it's, uh, you know, living rooms, bars, not even bars so much, to be honest, right? Like, it's not even necessarily bars. It's social yeah. gatherings of bigger numbers. Like, weddings have been a problem. In Brooklyn, uh, folks, if you lived in the areas of Brooklyn that have been problematic, it's largely religious community-based. Right. It's just a fact. Um, yep. It's just a fact. It's not anti-Semitic at all. If you look at when they protested that their synagogues got shut down, they had anti-mask burnings the same night. Like, it's just part of it. Um, if you live in right. the neighborhoods, you're aware of it through the entire shutdown. People that just happen to live across from them. We see funerals mm -hmm. and weddings still happening and police doing nothing. Uh, so it's not like, it's also like, there's this like immediate distrust too. I want to stress this, not just on gyms, on, on our, on our neighbors, on our residents, on the public that like, we're all somehow getting too loose, too fatigued. Um, when it is more of like a smaller knit that leads to a bigger thing. And then again, you have a few of these smaller things that spread. I'm on the understanding that with guidelines that enough of us are being respectful that that spread will only hit like a certain barrier. Now, I don't know where we decide that barrier is, right? but you know, I wouldn't have a problem going into Midwood when it was a red zone going to my friend's house that I know is not part of these, you know, has been doing his due diligence. Um, right. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the interesting thing with Zoom. Like we have these conversations where we're almost more connected with each other through Zoom because we're literally in the people's houses, right? You know, if like you see the impact of their life, and I, I think like, especially for gyms who are doing Zoom sessions nonstop with our members, mm -hmm. we have a, like a little different, like very true inner workings of our members. Now I'm a, I'm a super small studio. So that's the weird thing. Like, <laughs> I gotta be honest, like it would never happen, but if every member of our studio got COVID, uh, it wouldn't be listed as a super spreader because we're so fucking small. <laughs> right. You know, they'd be like, oh, four people over in that place. It would yeah. never happen. but you know, I just find like there's this, this, this trust now mm -hmm. um, of just like, oh, Brooklyn, like everyone in Brooklyn's losing their shit when it's, a, it, when it's an area, it's a neighborhood, it's a specific yeah. community within a neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, why do you think it's so easy now? And, and again, it could all lead just to be like, hey, there, it's, it's fear. But who do you think's driving that narrative that everyone's yeah. well, sort of blowing it? Yeah, well, it, you know, it's, it's a combination of two factors. It's obviously the media pushing potentially an agenda pre post election, whatever, whatever that may be, but it might not even also be politically tied. It's just that clicks fear hits clicks, right? So that's what it is. And then it actually goes towards the people actually reading the articles because they don't put the North Korea bit on the very top, right? They put it in the very bottom and all you people are reading are super spreader event in Brooklyn. And they go, shit, I'm not going to Brooklyn. Right. But then they read one to three sentences in. And then it's just like, you know, three square block radius. 
like that's that's what it is. That's what Brooklyn is. You know, it's it's little blocks, <laughs> little neighborhoods, and within one neighborhood, you could have one neighborhood that's a super spreader event, but the neighborhood next to it, zero cases. Yeah. And it's just because of the difference in religious practices or whatever. And and you know, so it it really is. And the big problem is is that from a from a you know marketing point of view, in terms of all of it, once one paper writes that and they put it out onto the newswire it's very easy for those stories to just populate onto 10, 20 different news feeds on different publications. And now people are getting those seven plus touch points of Brooklyn is bad. Brooklyn is bad. Brooklyn is bad. Brooklyn is bad. And now it's bad. That's all they, you know, that's it. Yeah. So, and, um, and, and now as of yesterday's conference, Western New York is now getting the heat um, right. from all of that. Yeah. It, it, it's a sad thing. And I mean, it, it's human nature, right? Like if we were to go like personal development size, it's so easy for humans, uh, mm -hmm. no matter what field you are in, to, to focus on the negatives of yourself, right? right? Of your situation and then the positives. And you know, the news clearly, this isn't, and this isn't like a, 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 a Democrat fake news or a Trump fake news thing. Right. Like for like, I'm, I'm from advertising folks. We've been getting played for decades, right? Mm -hmm. It's just, used as a more aggressive weapon now than ever. Um, it, it's such a, it's so surprising that the feel good piece, like the actual, like, let's just like take a moment of gratitude towards our population, our people. Mm -hmm. right. That never happens. It's all slap and no tickle. And yeah. why do you think they're doing that? Is that, I, I feel like one bright, warm hug of a piece would probably do so well. Why is it that nobody's investing their time in that? It's harder. <laughs> yes, yeah. Right. It's, it, it's true. You know, we mentioned that there was an article that came out maybe like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago from Bloomberg mm -hmm. that said, you know, it literally said hotels, restaurants, bars, and gyms linked to super spreader events. And there was not one mention of a fitness facility, a coach, a trainer, a member, anything in the whole article, but it was the right. bold headline. Yeah. So again, listeners, just, just put in perspective of it. If, if I felt that the speakeasy was unsafe, uh, I certainly would be, wouldn't be open. I mean, there's going to be also this level, like uh, there's going to be a level of risk assessment in everything we do right now. Mm -hmm. There always was one to some degree, but it's, it's very obvious. So if you were going to go get your nails done, you're deciding that with, even within the precautions, there's the risk, right? Just yeah. like if you went to a place, you might've got the flu. COVID is worse than the flu. I'm not saying COVID is the flu, but there's a risk in every step you take. If you, if you go outdoors to a restaurant, we know outdoors places got real close together, not six feet apart. Uh, people mm -hmm. aren't with their quote unquote pods, you know, people that they live with, housemates, whatever, significant yeah. others alone. Uh, certainly the walls are going up, but like there's, an, there's a risk, but like somehow that one was a little more important to us. So we're going to accept that risk. And now we're going to focus those that are doing the other risk over here. Mm -hmm. And so we have to do that. But there's this feeling now that like, if you even just want to have your own business open to even try to actually help and fitness is a unique one is having the potential to help things that we're trying to kill people. What do you, what do you, what do you say to somebody fact-based to help us uh, assuage that? Uh, I'm not even pronouncing that right. To sue yeah. that opinion or alter that, alter that well, opinion. You know, it, again, because they're being bombarded with those negative messages and, and really, you know, when I said it was easier, it's because, you know, when you do a, a feel good piece in the media, you actually have to find one. You have to send a news crew. You have to do this. But, and then like your example, or I just put gyms are bad in a headline without any supporting documentation and I get clicks. 
Yeah. Right? I'm going to get all the gym owners that are clicking being like, God damn this article. Right. And then they're going to share it by saying, can you believe this shit? And then you're going to have all the other members going, Oh shit, maybe I shouldn't go to the gym anymore. Right. So it spreads a lot easier <laughs> than like grandpa finds puppy in a lake, you know, like it just, it just, there's a lot more people emotionally invested in the, uh, the destruction of an industry. And that way it's going to be shared more. It's going to be, you know, downvoted or whatever else, but there's still that in, uh, engagement on the various social media platforms that will drive clicks and that's you know that's what they're doing <laughs> it's a fascinating thing and it always shocks me when they when the gym owners start they don't even realize that they're feeding the beast they hate right <laughs> by sharing that stuff and that's what they're it's, doing it's just yeah i mean it's just like because they're not you know the the, the algorithms and whatnot and the marketing people behind all this stuff they're mm -hmm. not looking at um the purpose that's being shared they're just saying like holy shit we got a lot of shares out of this Right, exactly. And they, and they don't care where they come from. But, but, you know, to jump on the science a little bit, because that's sort of, you know, why I'm here, right? Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah. So in, in first, there's obviously uh, a human aspect of it is that a lot of us have families, we have kids, right? We're not going to open our business and put ourselves at risk to put our families at risk to make a couple of bucks, right? It's just not, it's just not worth it. It's not going to happen. So people do need to step, sort of step outside of the, the bombardment of negative news and just say, you know, they're not going to do it. <laughs> they're they're yeah. just not going to do it. And especially with the, the protocols and the processes that the fitness industry specifically has put in place. Now, uh, you're a member, obviously, of, you know, NYFC, USFC. And with that comes the state guidelines that every fitness facility has to adhere to. Well, they're, they're supposed to but there are certainly a large number of facilities that are not compliant, but that's what these task forces are being rolled out to do. And there will be massive shutdowns, you know? So, so uh, to take a real quick step back, the conversation we were having with the department of health today in Suffolk County, they were basically saying, Hey, listen, there's 600 plus gyms in Suffolk County. Uh, about 30% of those have not affirmed. They're not attesting to being safe. They're not, they're not dedicated to, uh, to doing what they're supposed to do. And, um, we're getting some facilities are getting 75 complaints in the last two weeks. And it's from the members yeah. in the gyms. It's not people walking by. It's not the Karens saying, Oh, you know, they're open and peeking through the newspaper. It's their members because their guys are going, ah, fuck these masks. You know, we're, we don't need to wear them. We're type A's, you know, we don't have to do this shit. And uh, the problem is, is that a lot of the members want to do that. They want to see that they're in a safe facility. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. A little step back is just uh, yeah. listeners in, in New York State. Uh, if you own a fitness facility or or something that's been deemed in sort of that category, you have to read through a document, click a box, and affirm uh, online through a state website, and then that is used to schedule your Department of Health inspection. One of the things that we had to have that most, and it's New York State, I think, is the only one that's had to have this is an actual Department of Health virtual inspection. Yeah. Um, that they take you through a bunch of steps, make sure you have all your documentation, all mm -hmm. your cleaning products, all your ventilation or air sanitation, all the stuff is in place to do it. And, um, that is one of the big things that Kevin has helped bring to the table. Um, we were like anybody that's been like sort of heavily involved in the New York fitness coalition really got a, a leg up on how to handle this and be prepared. Ours took about 15 minutes and they were so super helpful. I think it's also, it, it's important to note, um, I was on a couple of, you know, I was interviewed by a couple of newscasters. I was on, I think it was CBS and Fox. And, you know, I spoke with my Department of Health Inspector virtually. The people on the inside listeners, they're not wanting a shutdown either. 
Like I was talking to the cameraman. He's like, I miss my gym. Like I know that you can handle this, but there's part of the job, you know, is to sell, sell the story that sells and, you know, follow a certain narrative. Um, so that's what the affirmation means. And basically a lot of places are super nervous to do it or they're kind of running their own thing ragged. Now, I don't want you to throw that specifically on the fitness industry, folks. That's every Not industry. Every if you've industry. gone to like a number of restaurants that are supposed to be doing thermometer checks and, and, and you know, sign-ins, most aren't. I right. mean, at least that I've witnessed. So don't you, again, I want to separate that that's not a fitness specific problem, but that's mm-hmm. what the affirmation means. Um, and yeah, but ve- very few industries are actually held to such guidelines. And yeah. so that's the thing, you know, and that's one of the main problems is that, you know, 7-Eleven doesn't have to do that, right? Uh, but, but you do. So it, it's really uh, restaurant bars and gyms, again, have to do these heightened guidelines and processes from the state level to begin with. And then it sort of gets into a little bit of the free market, whereas if you're not doing it, fine, but then you're going to get 75 complaints in a week. And then Suffolk County is going to come and shut you down because that's essentially what they said. They're shutting people down. I I really feel for, you know, the owners that were, there were people that shot themselves in the foot about masks from the go, even Mm -hmm. before we knew what the guidelines were going to be. Yep. And like, look, I don't like wearing a mask. I do. I, I am of the belief that they help a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I will happily wear one. Obviously I would prefer not to. But in terms of a situation, you find the right mask and my right inner frame combination. I use a halo life mask and a mm-hmm. plastic inner frame. And it has, I've used it for every workout, but two when I forgot about it, because quite frankly, even if I'm alone in the gym, I'm wearing that thing because if I want my members to do it, I'm going to do it. So like, yep. you know, uh, for every owner that sort of shot themselves in the foot or trainer rallying against masks in the beginning. Um, and then even now I see people like, you know, they're posting their workouts without the mask. But what, is, what message does that send? Even if they're alone, but it's a message to your members that like, oh, look, he's asking me to do this or this person's asking me to do this and I'm not doing it. Yep. Um, so just like wear the mask. Now, I'm also going to say this. Take the science out of it. Take the threat out of it. Yep. What general public doesn't realize is like some people are literally about to lose everything they've ever had. Yep. You know, everything they've worked at for 5, 10, 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. houses, retirement funds, if they even had it, you know, we're still paying bills. I, the speakeasy of strength has been doing relatively very well considering clearly uh, we've lost money through this. Mm-hmm. But all things considered for a new business, we should have been shut down. We are doing okay. okay. I still have to question though, at mm-hmm. our limited capacity, how, how few people we can only really have three members in at a time. And we don't even hit that. Um, at what point do I even need a facility to do basically what is 80% an online business right now. Um, So like there's these hard choices. So when you're, but, but other people don't have that option, everything is in it. And I'm talking about restaurants and everything too. Like it's, so I just want you to, some of us Mm -hmm. have a position of privilege where this isn't hitting them the same way that it's hitting other people, uh, financial loss to financial loss and the emotional loss to the emotional loss. So there's that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I try not to judge, but clearly I don't think when I see maskless stuff, it's not helping my business spike right. or no spike belief in it or not. You think it's a hoax, whatever. All I know is like, this is what the state's perceiving us right now. Uh, and it's either going to be as an ally or an enemy. And every time they see something without a mask, we're an enemy. Yep. Um, you might be telling your members a different dialogue and that is fine, but publicly that's what the public's seeing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just bear that in mind. Um, I want to take this really a step back because again, I want to nail home. You mentioned about, you know, your, your specialty. 
please tell the listeners, Kevin, like what it was you, what it is you do, were doing mm-hmm. prior to, because I think your credentials are very important to establish prior to joining the New York Fitness Coalition. Mm-hmm. And then what brought you into the New York Fitness Coalition? Sure. So uh, basically we've had a sort of a cleaning and remediation business for 15 years. And when, during that time, we, we pretty much were testing our own work. So for verification for insurance companies, you know, you, uh, you can't just sort of go in and say, okay, we cleaned biohazard murder scene by everybody. You know, we, we actually have to put tests in place and, and do all that. So uh, we were doing that. And when this started to hit, I had local contacts because we were doing, you know, we had school accounts and government accounts and all this other stuff. And, and one of the first people that reached out to me was a commissioner in Suffolk County. And basically they said, hey, listen, uh, we're looking for a little guidance on the hygiene aspect of what's happening here. And we're seeing a lot of questions come in from the various industries, you know, every industry, hair salons and delis and bodegas, you know, everything. And with all of the different phases. So it it basically, I decided we were going to donate about $250,000 worth of services in, in throughout New York state. And, um, when we were going through the various phases, it was, we were doing it a little bit. A, a lot didn't really uh, necessarily want our help or think they needed our help just because they, they weren't one of these high risk businesses. And then uh, I just kept asking, you know, my contact and I was like, well, you know, I've, I've played, you know, college level lacrosse, uh, 10 Tough mutters a year, you know? So like I, I have a fitness background and I said, hey, where are gyms in all of this? You know, like what phase is this happening? Because I have a couple of buddies that own gyms, you know, in Suffolk County, Nassau County. And they're like, yeah, they're, they're nowhere. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean they're nowhere? They're not in any phase whatsoever. And they're like, no. So when we got to phase three, I basically said, hey, listen, I'm going to transition all of the donatable services that I have left in my, my bank of and focus it all on the fitness industry because like they got to figure out what the hell's going on because they're just like a driftless ship. No one is helping them. There's no guidelines there. There's nothing. And they were like, yeah, please do. So, um, I, at that point I was actually invited to the New York fitness coalition by a buddy of mine that owned his gym, uh, one of the CrossFits. And at that point there was only like 20 people in the Facebook group, you know, and Charlie was like talking and I started talking and people were asking some questions and I was answering the questions and, and, you know, uh, one of the people basically said, hey, Charlie, you know, maybe you just get this guy, Kevin, involved a little bit more deeper. And Charlie said, yeah, please. <laughs> and yeah. that was four months ago. And I've literally spoken to Charlie every single day for the last four months. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it was, I know from my perspective, you know, with the New York Fitness Coalition. So we, I spoke about a little bit of this on the episode with Charlie, but um, me, Kelvin, Gary, Kurt Roderick, Spencer Sai, and Anthony Renna had already sort of started. Um, we had each on our own done a petition. Mm-hmm. And then we sort of reached out to each other. Like all of our petitions are shooting each other in the foot because five petitions with 4,000 signatures is not as great as one. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, and, and then around that time, Charlie started. And so it, we were looking at the lobbyist approach, which wasn't working. Right. Um, or we, we hadn't even got to that point where we started to see that that wasn't working. And then Charlie and, and the New York Fitness Coalition really quickly started to explode. And yeah. we were kind of, I'm not going to lie, we were kind of like, let's, let's, let's follow over here mm-hmm. because this is a whole lot of work we 
you know, we want to be advocates, but I'm not going to lie. Let somebody else. It's a lot of work. Smarter yeah. than us deal with it. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know how you both do it. I don't know how Charlie runs two studios and manages this. Mm -hmm. um, but the information you know, the website was free and the stuff that you were giving was free. Now there's membership fees for certain aspects of the United States Fitness Coalition yeah. and for the testing that we do, which we'll definitely talk about. But mm -hmm. what I learned from your posts in particular in terms of cleaning standards and habits and true hygiene, like what most of us as gym owners felt was enough, what you brought to the table was invaluable. So, you know, uh, what, what do you think? And that's one of the reasons why I was there. I, this is a true story. Um, the, the class action lawsuit that got us open. I was early signed on to it. And then I saw mm -hmm. so much hate and bullshit and anger that I was like, hey, Charlie, I'm going to take my name off of this. You have my support. I'm donating money. But there's so many people that are so vile yep. um, in their dialogue on this thread that I just don't even want the company name associated on a document with that. Mm -hmm. Um, I've gone over myself a little bit and a lot of those people have fed themselves out of the group. Not enough of them, maybe. Yeah. Some of you all are going to listen to this cause I, I'm talking to, you know, you know, Kevin too. Sorry. You know, like it just is what it is. You can be full of hate. Uh, we're all in a shitty situation. Uh, but I'm not just going to place blame, um, on, on, on red or blue or one person. There's a lot more at play on this. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it was invaluable. And the stuff that I've learned from you, even if COVID never happened, mm -hmm. I'm grateful that I know what I've learned from you. So let's talk about um, what trusted safe slash fitness safe is and how that's now become a, a part of the guidelines that just got us open. Yeah. And cause Charlie and I talked more about like the actual lawsuit and how that came. Okay. Um, let's talk about how that, that helped get us open to set the guidelines and how we're now going using fitness safe trusted safe to go past the guidelines sure yeah so so basically um part of the initial issue with i guess the the lawsuit and with cuomo and everything else in the beginning was that there weren't the guidelines in place there was nothing in place right like i said earlier it was sort of the whole industry was just like a driftless ship uh it was the governor said gyms are bad but i'm not going to pay any mind to them whatsoever or direct them on how to do anything. So I actually wrote, uh, what was it? A 44 page New York State Fitness Guideline uh, protocol that included all of the ventilation and the da 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 da, -da whatever. So what, what happened was is that I think two days before, was it two days before the lawsuit? That's when Cuomo sort of it came out and announced. But at that point we had submitted my guidelines. It was a little bit past because they asked. For, yeah, it was. They, it was they one were, way or the other. There was a the discovery was supposed to come out. And they asked for an extension. The yep. Extension was given, and then they asked for the, like the weekend, and yeah. so they asked for a second one. And it was over the weekend that they very quickly, sort of on Monday, dropped the bomb, uh, which was great to get us open, but also uh, let the listeners know like how informed were everybody else that had to pick up the pieces of this rather quick decision he made. Right. So. So basically, when he made that announcement, he had had our document um, for a couple of days. And as he starts reading it, Charlie's texting me and he goes, holy fuck, he's reading off your guidelines. <laughs> you know? So I was like, well, not all of it. Because there was another, there, well, there is another alliance, coalition, whatever they're called. They, they were pushing for some, for some other stuff because they have different agendas uh, that he did include in that that I don't really feel are, are necessary. But uh, so, so essentially, you know, the guidelines that are in place now 
are like the broadest strokes that we can have to make everyone on the same page. All right. Because the, the big problem with the whole fitness industry as a whole is that, you know, there's, there's martial arts, there's kickboxing, there's yoga, there's Pilates, hot yoga, you know, there's so many different variables that it's very hard to just give one set of guidelines. So this was really the, the easiest way to get everyone on the same page. Now, part of, and again, that includes the, you know, I don't know if your listeners know what you have to go through, but it's, it's uh, MERV 13 plus filters and or air purification systems. It's um, uh, different, certain products. And part of the products that we recommend are the organic based products, which you use. You know, I definitely want to talk about that because I yeah. think that's going to be a very informative thing for a lot of people. Sure, today. we can talk about that. My friend oh, and there's just talking. a lot of other different protocols that the, the state requires, but part of the trusted safe slash fitness safe hygiene accreditation through the United States Fitness Coalition is that we've just taken everything and sort of second drafted it from the the higher level guidelines that I continued to write after the state accepted them. I said, well, great, now let's get better. So that is where sort of people like you and, um, you know, unfortunately, and I'll tell you, we've, we've lost, I think, 112 people in the last two months to closures from the, from the, you know, near fitness safe, trusted safe. I, I, I wish, again, this is another one I got my, it's so, it, I get emotional about this because like literally the other night they announced that Philly gyms had to close. Yep. And uh, you know, I have friends in Philly that own gyms and you know, there's gyms in Brooklyn that really were open for maybe a week. And technically speaking in New York city, if you were fit a class-based thing, you can't even do the thing you're supposed to do, which makes no sense. Mm-hmm. But like, it's literally, I woke up at 2am and I'm like, I couldn't sleep just thinking about Philly gyms. And again, we're in a weird spot. Like the speakeasy was sort of uniquely suited to deal with this. We were so small. We don't have any, excuse me, any racks or machines where kettlebells and yep. sandbags and any, like you could easily do this stuff at home with us. Like it's mm-hmm. uniquely suited, but the amount of like gyms and, and they're getting lost because the trainers are sharing those somewhat amongst themselves and their members see it, but the public likes to hear about the restaurants that are closing. They right. like to hear about their favorite, uh, not that they like, that's the wrong yeah, word. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. They're, they're, they, they, you know, they're more aware of, oh my gosh, my favorite diner just closed. Yep, versus exactly. like 20 local gyms just closed. Because I'll say around here, um, two jujitsu, two jujitsu gyms closed. One yep. was brand new, like three, three to five months old when, when the pandemic hit. They never had a chance. Never had a chance. Um, my friend's jujitsu spot, four blocks away from, three, three, four blocks away from the speakeasy. Beautiful facility, was successful. And now it's modality-based failure, right? Like it has nothing to do with the thing. It's like jujitsu is a hard one for people to come, you know, to find yeah. a safety with. So yeah. even if yeah, your existing contact. members are, 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 are down to try, mm-hmm. mandates are against you and new members are going to be like, no way. And, right. you know, and, and then there's all the smaller facilities. And, you know, it's these bigger ones that, you know, are sort of staying open because there's this imp- interpretation to that independent training without a coach is – better than being coached, even if it's the same number, which is the whole New York City fitness class thing, which is insane. Yeah. Um, anyway, I don't know where I'm going on that rant other than <laughs> I wish I wish that more people were aware of the other local businesses that were closing. Um, right. It's, yeah. It's, so it's a lot, you know, in, in terms of like some actual numbers. So that so we've lost 112 gyms on the trusted safe fitness safe side of it. That's and in that, two months, everybody. That's like, in two months. Like we've only done, we're, we're, we're about to go into our third month of testing. Yeah, that's, that's a significant amount. And 
altogether, I think there's something like, you know, 80 to 100,000 people in New York State directly affected by gym closures. And then that goes up to 500,000 plus for indirect vendors. You know, so even, you know, even something like me, a very a random testing company, you know, in terms of a cleaning company, I could have to not necessarily go out of business because I have government contracts and all that stuff. But if I was only doing it for the fitness industry, I would be going out of business in two months just because I would rely on X amount of gyms, you know, testing and all this stuff. So there are so many various indirect industries that rely on health and wellness that people just aren't taking into account. I mean, it's even the, it's the you know, Tommy, my window washer, you know, that comes in once a week and he does it, you yep. know, that's what he does. He, he, he goes he does. up and down with his bike. That's what he does. And he hits up tons of businesses. Mm -hmm. uh, when the gates are down, money's not being made, you know, right. you're cleaning people. We don't have clean. We're so small. But yeah. it, the ripple effect is huge. huge. Um, even oddly, like the things people don't think about, like if you don't have your own in-house laundry for gym towels, we don't use towels anymore because of right. all this, but like, mm -hmm. that's the thing that gets hit. You know, it's just, it's yeah. really, really the spread of that is the, the loss of that. It, it, people aren't seeing it. How many vendors are not seeing in. it? No, they're not. Um, and, it, and it's unfortunate, but um, it, you know, if you wanted to, to, we didn't, I, I sort of skipped over like the actual science aspect of, of what we're doing here. Yeah, so, please. you know, I, I hate always getting into like the, <laughs> the super, super science aspect of it, but you know, so, so essentially, you know, one of the things that you are doing, you know, as, as, as a trusted safe fitness, safe, um, member that goes above and beyond state guidelines is you're obviously doing the monthly testing, right? Yep. So, so I get a lot of questions on that because, people really have no idea, you know, what, what the hell it is, to be honest. So uh, essentially when we started to do this, it was really initially in conjunction with that Suffolk County. Uh, everything stems from, from Suffolk County and sort of our powwows on, on how to get all the data points and everything else. And CDC, you know, the, the CDC, the department of health, they, they do all of this stuff for a restaurant, right? They have swabs, they have testing. And essentially since we had all of this exact same equipment, apples to apples uh, for the stuff that we were doing. We, that's when we started to do it for, for the gyms. And what we're really testing for is for something called adenosine triphosphate. And this will go a, a little bit down the rabbit hole on it, but, but go nerdy. I'm, I'm, we're in, we're you're in. in. Okay. You're in. So, so essentially adenosine triphosphate is a, a biofilm and there's two types of testing involved. There's are two types of testing that can be, can be done. There's cellular or uh, microbial. Microbial would be if we were testing for a specific individual microorganism. People say, ah, that's when you test for, for COVID, right? No, we, ATP never tests for, for a virus because essentially viruses are non-living. They don't produce ATP. So therefore we can't do a test to, for their ATP presence. So what we're doing is a broad spectrum cellular adenosine triphosphate uh, testing, which is looking specifically for the food source for bacteria and germs and the respiration and replication source for viruses such as COVID, right? So now when you combine all of that, the CDC has come out and said, yes, there is a direct correlation between increased ATP levels uh, to increase surface contamination, which then could be a viral breeding ground for viruses such as COVID. So when we flip that, the lower the ATP levels, the potentially safer the surface is, and therefore the safer the overall facility is, all right? So Part of the testing is that we have now obviously taken that a step forward and we're testing your bags, right? Your kettlebells, your walls, your bathroom handles, right? You know, so we're doing the, the various touch points that we need to do to be CDC compliant, 
And one of the big things as well, there's, you know, we're, what we're working on right now is actually getting the CDC to say, um, yeah, we acknowledge all of this and we're going to start taking this testing as, as our testing because we're mimicking everything the CDC does, you know, and, and it's, it's um, to the point where no other industry is doing this in the state and no other fitness coalition. Oh, I just lost you. He's doing this in the country. We froze for yep, a second. You lost me a little bit. Oh. You there? There yeah, you are. You got me. So, so yeah. So I don't, I don't know what you saw, but so no other industry is doing this in the state and no other fitness coalition alliance, et cetera, is doing this in the country. Wow. That is the dedication that we are trying to create the data points. And we have thousands of data points now uh, from actual testing, CDC approved testing that say gyms are not the super spreader event, but because they're using an outdated definition of, well, there's a lot of gyms on that block. Which is, again, like, it's, it's, the, it, it's the, the, if there's a way, and I understand the workload that's involved in like mm-hmm. trying to be more specific about the size of a gym versus just overall attendance. But, you know, again, even if there were 20 gyms on my block, most of us would maybe have 50 members versus right. like a bigger gym or a bigger business or, you know, that one target, you know, that, yeah. that's on the block. Uh, I want to actually just talk about the testing because this is was sure. a, one of the reasons I signed up because, you know, this is all new. Yeah. Um, Listeners, when you when, when you go through the test, um, you know Kevin hops on Zoom, and you literally get a testing kit full of swabs. Full of swabs. And Kevin's like, "We need to do three swabs involving this type of a thing. You know, high, uh, no contact, low contact, high contact yep. pieces of equipment. You stand it, and you go there, and you swab a good portion of it, and you put mm-hmm. it in the tube, and you FedEx it out, and it goes to a lab. So it is very much a medical grade test. I want to stress yeah. that." Um, I know for me when, you know, uh, the hard part, I think for a lot of us was like, you know, we were, we've been closed for months. We're just opening up. It, there yeah. is a price involved because it is a test. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, for me, it was an, again, uh, an invaluable resource because not only does it come with a letter grade, if you pass more importantly, I wanted to know if I was missing something right in my cleaning. Cause, mm-hmm. um, you know, I wanted to make sure that like, you know, I can say that I'm safe and we're spraying and we're cleaning and we're wiping down and we're doing all of this. But, you know, we had learned through you and through the New York Fitness Coalition that a lot of the practices that most of us do in most businesses, even doctor's offices are doing, aren't necessarily as safe as they seem. So um, I think one, something that would be useful for everybody that's not involved in the New York Fitness Coalition from an ownership point of view is, uh, you know, look, we all were doing, myself included, the Lysol wipes, the Clorox wipes, mm-hmm. showing all of that stuff, sort of yep. like the, uh, you know, the store-bought stuff, doing the best of intentions with the Lysol to get stuff done. Where were most of the, or the mistakes or misconceptions in terms of actually cleaning mm-hmm. versus the stuff that you've brought into the fold with us to, to get better? And I definitely want to talk about the product we're using. Sure. And, and, and things like, you know, I've never, I never, I never heard what a the presser was. Until, yeah. I never heard what a presser was until Charlie. And I never heard of what dwell time was until dwell you. time. Right. Yeah. Dwell so, time. Um, and side. Yeah. What were the common things that we, 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 we were well-intentioned not doing to the best of our ability that, mm-hmm. that we all should try to get away from. Yeah, sure. Um, well, and, and actually to your point, you know, I, I actually, you know, went to a dentist appointment like four months ago and I walked in and they had all this crap going around and all this. And I said, this is all wrong. And, you know, and basically I sat there, you know, I have been going there for years. So I was just like, listen, 30 minutes. And we revamped their entire cleaning protocol because it was wrong, you know, and they have their hands in people's mouths every day and they're supposed to know. 
But when we were don't. getting when we were getting inspected, there was this whole thing about clean pen, dirty pen, right? Yeah. You need to be able to put your dirty pens. <laughs> right. I went to like a urgent care. There was no dirty pen jar. This is a doctor's office with people yep. going in to get COVID tests and stuff. There was no yep. dirty pen jar. Mm -mm. Yeah. Clean pen, dirty pen is one of the, uh, so many businesses don't have it and they have like three pens and the same people are using the, the pen over and over again. And in one facility that I was like, all right, we're going to test the pens. And they go, wait, what? What do you mean? We're going to test the pens. I go, we're going to test the pens. And they go, oh shit, I don't think we clean the pens. And I go, well, what's clean pen, dirty pen then? They go, I think we just flip the pens back into the white cup at the end of the day. And, you know, or maybe I'll wipe it with a, a wipe. And I go, you wipe 50 pens with a wipe every day. And they're like, well, my staff does. And then I go, all right, well, there's the staff member. Ask him right now. And they're like, well, I thought Jim did, you know, and it's just like, no one's wiping pens every day. So that's, uh, but that in that instance, the, the pen tested higher than the spin bike. Wow. You know, that's a source of contamination, but that's what the testing is for, right? So um, one, of the, one of the big problems that I think that a lot of misconceptions is the, the different definitions between cleaning and disinfecting, all right? So that's because a lot of people say, oh, well, I, I cleaned the gym spotless. Okay, did you disinfect it? Well, I, yeah, I cleaned it. No, that's not what I asked. I asked if you disinfected it. And when it comes to the protocol specifically, it says the gyms need to be cleaned and disinfected and there's and a lot of the places that um obviously you're you know you're well aware now of of the difference and all that stuff but but a lot of people beforehand were just using maybe uh either like a soap and water you know to clean and the cleaning is basically just decreasing bacteria and germs whereas disinfecting is killing right and it's so cleaning is like you take a sponge with soap and water agitation and you decrease disinfecting is where you spray a product and you let it sit dwell time and for the EPA uh, recommended amount of time two to ten minutes about uh, you can go lower like 30 seconds but that shit's poison and so like two to ten minutes is where you really want to be on a product to be safe and then it's sort of the analogy that I always give is it's sunscreen you know you put sunscreen on you wipe it on you don't immediately take the towel and wipe it off yep. because what the hell is that going to do you put the sunscreen on it glistens for a couple of minutes and then you forget about it and that's what disinfecting should be you spray it on a surface, it glistens for a couple minutes, and then you let it air dry. And that is what's going to lower those biofilm levels, which is going to decrease the viral loads on surfaces. Right. What was um, one, of, one of the interesting two things, too, that caught me is a lot of people were using, quote unquote, hospital grade, medical grade yep. things that it turned out were actually, yes, they were disinfectants, but they were caustic to human. Can you, can yep. you explain quickly the difference between like... Yep. Um, uh, I mean, we can go into now to this electricide that what, what we've been using, but also yeah. like the, the difference between something that is um, safe for occupied spaces versus being like a hospital grade disinfectant. Well, so hospital grade is essentially a marketing term and that's what people don't necessarily understand. So a lot of these uh, owners, any industry say, well, my salesman said, and I said, you're what? And you go, well, my rep, you know, my salesman. And I go, you're what? <laughs> okay, let's tell me the first thing that you said, and then I'll tell you why that's, you know. And they, I said, yes, your salesman told you that something is hospital grade and sold you the most expensive product that they had, right? And they go, well, he said it's hospital grade, and it's on the EPA list. And I said, yeah. In order to be on the EPA list end, which is a, a, essentially the list that the EPA came out with that said, if you're on this list, you can potentially kill COVID. And 
what that's based on is its ability to kill viruses such as COVID with the same, you know, makeups. So if it has a stronger makeup, uh, you know, it'll, or, so basically it needs to have the same similar makeup or lower in order to be on the list, okay? Now, the EPA does not put that into categories. And that is where the big problem is. So people say to me, well, my product's on the EPA list then. And I go, right, but did you read the safety data sheet? And they go, no. And I go, okay, well, let's do it together. And I say, right, so this is cleans radiation out of, uh, you know, hospitals. And I said, so when it's hospital grade, yeah, it's hospital grade, but it's not supposed to be breathed in. It's not supposed to be put into mist form. It's not supposed to be sprayed into occupied spaces. It's supposed to be, uh, you're not supposed to occupy the space for 48 hours after you spray it. And I was like, and you're using this nine times a day in an occupied space. I go, what's going to happen? You know, one, one member, when I, when I was initially doing the, the in-person testing months and months ago, I walked in and when I walked in, my eyes were watering and I, and I, and as I was walking in this, the the class before that was walking out and I, I said, what is happening in this place? She goes, what do you mean? And I go, what do you mean? I go, what do you mean? What do I mean? I go, I'm literally tearing. My skin is itching. What? What is happening? And she goes, oh, um, uh, I'm using this product. And I Googled it. And it was literally only meant to clean industrial hospital equipment in morgues. Oh, my God. That's it. That's all it was meant to be. And I said, how did you get this? And she goes, well, you know, my, uh, my cousin's friend is a salesman, and he sold it to me. And she goes, wait, do you think this is why I've been to the hospital four times in the last two weeks? And I said, oh. yes. That's why. And she goes, I thought I had COVID. I've taken four tests and they keep coming back negative. I'm actually going to get a, you know, I I was, I thought I was dying. And the doctors keep saying they don't have any idea what's wrong with me. I go, bring this bottle in with you next time. And she switched. Gone. Unbelievable. (laughs) I mean, again, folks, I I don't want this to seem like it's an oversell. Like it's just true. Um, It's true. No, no. I'm not. There's a lot of products that are safe. So I'm not like pitching a product here. I'm not proud to, I'm not proud to admit this. So the product we use is selectricide and we've gotten a mister, you know, so we have it in all of our spray bottles. It's our main mm-hmm. disinfectant. Yep. Um, we have it in all our spray bottles. Everything's labeled selectricide and we have it in our, in our fogger. And I have personally grown like we fog after every person, after every session. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, you know, we do the deep, full, 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 deep, uh, more at the end of it. But after every session, everything gets so we basically do two passes um in our, in our studio when the mm-hmm. members use something or we demo with something or work out everyone you know sprays and wipes it down as normal but then we do and that's what we i call it our uh, grime pass <laughs> and then we do the actual spraying disinfecting so Perfect. that we let it soak so that's like the dwell pass right where we right. don't wipe it down it's in place it stays it soaks yeah um <laughs> when i first was learning how to use the mister i like i i, I turned it and then I went to turn the handle away to go like unplug it. And I blasted myself straight in the eye with it, like, yeah. <laughs> like straight in the eye. And I was like, oh my gosh, here we go. Yeah. I know it's supposed to be safe, but like literally in the face. And uh, I was fine. Uh, so I do that all the time now, folks. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. But it was a kink on weekends, huh? <laughs> it, it was one of those moments when I told the team, though, I was like, because, you know, we were everyone, you know, we're like, wow, a fogger, what is this? This is a bigger thing because we're yeah. such a small spot. Um, and I was like, you know, when I was worried a little bit about this stuff, don't worry about it. Because I just, I just literally missed myself directly yeah. in the face. Mm-hmm. And nothing happened other than I got wet from it. I don't recommend it, folks. Yeah. Um, but it is one of those things that you can do in the room safely without having to mask up, without having right. to wear goggles. Mm-hmm. You might want to put glasses on when you mix the stuff. But yeah. I found fogging 
mm-hmm. to be like my Buddhist Zen garden. Like I just really like getting in the groove of the nice even spray yep. <laughs> and coating everything and just knowing like, all right, I'm just gonna let that air dry. I'm either gonna leave or go about my business at the desk or something. Yep. Um, I've also found just the process of, of, of making it um, to be like, I don't know, kind of relaxing. Like here's, here's, here's my, my pail of water and yep. I'm going to let it soak yep. for two minutes. Then I'm going to pull the packets out and then I'm ready to go. Um, mm-hmm. We're a small facility. So we use, I, I, I'm getting ahead of myself. The product we use is Selectricide. Yep. It's a, it's an organic product. It uh, kicks the shit out of bacteria and viruses. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes in packets that you fill up depending on the size of the packet. Mm-hmm. You uh, pour it into a pet, you know, you don't rip it open. You drop the pack into yep. a, into a, ga- uh, you know, a, a barrel or a bucket, a sealed bucket or a mm-hmm. barrel of, of water. Let it sit for two hours, pull the remaining thing out, and then you're good to go. And I've found even that process super relaxing. I don't yeah. know why. <laughs> I think there's just something about like, maybe you're taking the- control of it. You're yeah, up. it's like COVID. If fuck you, COVID. Like, exactly. This stuff you know? is gonna. You're not hate waiting you. online at Costco for four hours to find out that hand wipes are sold out, dude. You know, I'm what? I'm gonna say this. I'm fortunate enough that I've been able to teach in Japan for several years in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first year, sadly, that I'm missing at. This would have been year six in a row. Mm-hmm. And so, man, I'm a believer in the bidet. So for my birthday a couple of years ago, my wife got me one of those. Uh, at snap like add on yeah, days. Yeah. so mm-hmm. we had no problem with toilet paper uh quarantine <laughs> era in the beginning of all of this right that's um, good <laughs> uh, so now with that and then with the disinfectant like you know there's also that element like yeah it's just one less thing to worry about it's a little more it seems a little more expensive up front but you get so much out of it plus the security that it's like a, yeah. a legit safe item yeah I'm, I'm actually so i I get a lot of uh, a pushback because people say, well, you know, I'm just going to use Lysol instead of, you know, Selectricide and with fill it bucket with water and everything else. But when you actually break it down, um, one pack of 1G, I think you use the 1G, I use the 1G, right? yeah. Okay. So it's, uh, it's a little guy. Uh, it looks like it's like the size of a thing of hot chocolate. Like if you had a hot chocolate pack. That's exactly what it is. Let me see if I, you know, hold on. A little interactive here. Here. let's open it up so this is gonna be an audio only though just so you know so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna cue you in on this he's holding the packet okay. up no i'm kidding okay you just go ahead and do it <laughs> all right so yeah so basically you know when they open up the packet they get this little guy and the trying to get not the glare in there but so it's it's essentially the g stands for gram so there's one gram there's five gram there's a five g and a 12 g and you basically just drop this into the water. And this makes the equivalent of 26 cans of Lysol. So when people say, well, you know, it might seem a little bit more expensive up front. You know, what is, what is this thing? 30 bucks? Uh, yes, you know, with, like with- that. I, I, it's funny. My friend Evan um, just asked me about Selectricide. I'm sending him to, his gym is in Massachusetts, but uh, mm-hmm. he's going to come and check out the New York Fitness Coalition to f- find out about pricing and, and get involved on that end. Yeah. And uh, I think I got 12 1G packs uh, for like $291. It was yeah. Like- so that, that's the equivalent of, uh, you know, 12, what is that? They, they uh, make two and a half gallons each. Yeah. So, you know, I basically make, uh, I use two of them at a time and I make five gallon five gallon buckets okay so yeah so you know i'm not i'm not a, a math wizard here but so that's like 30 gallons worth of product yeah you know, that so that's the equivalent of 
300 cans of Lysol. <laughs> you know? and, and I don't know if people realize too how much on a day now, right? If people are really staying mm -hmm. on top of this, how much you use in a day. So we've been open since September 2nd. We're not open Sundays. We only teach a couple of things, you know, like one class on a Saturday. Like we don't have a full in-house session because a lot of our stuff is still online. We've gone through about 15 gallons of product in two months. Yeah. Uh, you go through a lot uh, yeah. because you're cleaning all the time. I'll also <laughs> say, misters kick the shit out of spray bottles. Like if you're doing space, it, it's just, you cover so much ground, so much even, so yeah. much uh, more even spray mm -hmm. and it dries quicker because you're not getting like the spurts that are like little mini puddles. Exactly, yeah. You know, in, you know, the science on that one is that like a sprayer that you're using spits out the, the particulate at, at like 40 microns and a spray bottle is about 100 to 120 microns. And the difference in that visually is the sprayer spitting out like a pinhead and the spray bottle is like a marble. Yeah. And so it's just globs of product when you spritz, spritz, spritz. And so you're not coating the entire surface, one, because you're getting, yes, the droplets are marble size, but that means you're also getting empty spaces marble size. Yeah. Right? And that's, that's the problem. With the pinheads, you're, you're doing that even coat and it's just really uh, sticking to the surface. And when you use an electrostatic sprayer, you're, you're basically flipping the charges and, and pulling the viruses to the product. It's, hit, it's killing it on contact and then it's essentially dying. So, you know, with what you're doing, with what the other industry, uh, gyms in the industry are doing that are, are part of our little coalition here, um, it's just the safety and the health and safety aspect is through the roof. It's, it's interesting. Just, it, while we were talking, I got texted. There's a CNN has an article that one coach at a gym. Um, let me try to see if I can find this really quick without boring the listeners. One in Virginia. One, yeah. One gym, one coach in a, in the gym in Virginia had COVID and could have potentially, you know, yeah. exposed 50, 50. Of their athletes mm -hmm. to it. And not one of them had COVID because of the procedures they have, which aren't, you know, they're, they're stressing ventilation within this thing and, and, yeah. and they have uh, bigger distances than we have in New York, mm -hmm. but I, I, I haven't read yet. I don't believe masks were even a part of it. So that was 10 feet. If I'm, am I wrong on that? Yeah. So I, I didn't get into the, uh, basically their, their big touting, it was like sort of a human interest piece because they they were talking about one of the members was like a ventilation expert yeah. specialist, right? So that he designed the, the airflow and, there's, there's been a ton of studies into the ventilation and it obviously helps, but you have to, you have to basically be standing underneath the return in order for the ventilation to play like a massive part of it where Virginia has a leg up on us is because that his ventilation protocol also accounted for open windows, open doors, open, right? So you could create a nice flow us coming into the winter, you know, last night we hit below freezing we can't rely just on ventilation. It, it has to be a full spectrum uh, assault on, on the surfaces because if someone coughs, right, the drift variable is up to 32 feet, right? So depending on the surfaces that it clings to, you could read one study that says three hours. You could read another study that is 30 hours. We have no idea. And I'm not the one to say that I know for a fact because no one knows for a fact. Yeah. So if we're hitting the ventilation with the MERV 13s or the air purifiers, if we're hitting the surfaces with an organic-based um, uh, disinfectant, you know, if we're doing the regular cleaning, and one of the things that the protocols essentially forces owners to do is to clean the shared space after every use. 
So what I want to make sure, because sometimes people are like, well, why is selectricide or any disinfectant so weak that it has to be used every time? It's not that at all. It's that the protocols are saying that we have to do it this much. Technically, we don't have to use the disinfectant that much at all. But because you are, and I'm actually going to turn it back real quick again, is that a lot of people are saying, well, I use this product for, for 20 years and I never had a problem. I said, right, but you used it one time at night and then left. You weren't spraying it 11 times in a day without, ma you know, without goggles and without all this stuff. When you start to add up that, uh, that compounded inhalation or exposure, that's when the problem really hits home. Yeah. And that's when you it, put your members at risk. It's, um, I know I did a bunch of research because we don't, we're, we're such a, again, in New York City, so many smaller gyms, uh, fitness facilities are not even in a building that has an HVAC. So we right. don't have an HVAC. Yep. We have an air conditioner. Uh, there's no way to put a, a filter in it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, our ceiling fan draws the air up. Our floor fan dr draws the air out. We have the door open even in the winter because, I mean, yep. it, you know, it helps. Mm -hmm. um, but we did get uh, a reactive air and surface sanitizer so yeah it's not just filtering the air it's actually creating a, a chemical change within the air that's helping to kill viruses while while it's on but also for a while after so that's sort of our third line of defense and i just okay. think you know when even when people are talking about ventilation they're imagining these big open spaces with these big ducts and stuff and um right you know there's ways to be safe even on the smaller scale on that and I know there was a lot of disinformation on that, but our, ours was um, my friend, Emily, who's an acupuncturist was, sent me the model. Mm -hmm. She's like, look, a lot of our clinician friends are strongly supporting this model. Looked it up, had great reviews. Um, it was expensive. Yeah. Um, and it's geared for 3000 square feet and we're 675. So I know it's hitting our space. Um, yeah. Well, so basically how, how they're rated is that 675 for a 3000 square foot rated space. All, all that's really doing is, well, most importantly, what it's doing is it's turning over your air that much faster. Yeah. So now you're at like four times air turnover rate, which is what hospitals have. <laughs> so now you have your ventilation is taken care of, your products taken care of. So how are you, how are you a super spreader? That makes you sense. Know, I know. Well, I guess that, that actually brings us up to a good point to start closing this out because we've actually been talking for a while now. Um, <laughs> what's, a piece, what's a piece of advice that you would give? Yeah you know, uh, a gym owner or, you know, a lot of trainers now are starting to train people, you know, they've kind of like their gym, either their gym that they worked at was closed or they've decided they're going to start their own garage gym. Mm -hmm. um, what, what's a piece of advice on the, on the hygiene aspect? The first thing, the biggest thing that you would say, here's your, here's your, let's say three big rocks for your facility to make sure you're doing in this COVID era to keep people safe. Yeah. So um, I would strongly recommend not relying so heavily on hand sanitizer. That's one of the big misconceptions is that hand sanitizer is this miracle COVID killing goo. Um, but nowhere on any of the bottles does say instant, right? Just like any other disinfectant, that's a, an ethanol based uh, disinfectant. It, it needs a dwell time. It needs at least 30 seconds. And how many people are putting Purell for 30 seconds? Right? That was five seconds. If you That's look, about if you, 18 kettlebells, uh, 17 kettlebells, everybody. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, so if you're standing there in front of a gym like this, you look like a maniacal villain <laughs> from, a, from a cartoon. Right? People are going to kick you the hell out. So uh, unless, uh, you know, make sure that uh, soap and water is always better, right? But a lot of people say, oh, well, I, ha I have hand sanitizer everywhere, so I'm good. 
you're not, you're not, because the members aren't using it correctly. Just like you potentially aren't using the disinfectant the right way, they're not using the uh, hand sanitizer the right way. The uh, the other thing is that you really have to, and again, people think that I'm like a selectricide shill. I, I don't care what you buy. What I care about is that it is a facility appropriate product. All right, that could be a hundred of them on the EPA list. Then, right? You want like a high uh, 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 hydrogen peroxide-based product or a chlorine dioxide-based product. A lot of these things are called quaternary, bind, uh, quaternary ammonium compounds, and those are the ones you have to stay away from because those are all the different chemicals, and those are the ones that are, yes, hospital-grade, but anything that has the capability of lowering your ATP levels within like a 0 to 20 range is technically hospital-grade because mm -hmm. 0 to 20 is operating room levels. Right, so if I spray my surface a couple of times with selectricide, I'm going to get into that zero to twenty range. So technically, selectricide is hospital grade. Right, so again, marketing terms. I'll also but, say real yeah. quickly before the the third rock is, um, mm -hmm. selectricide, folks. Like I spray it on everything. Like it's it's not damaging my equipment. It's not causing rust or wear or cracks on anything. We sell some shirts um, and books, and you know, uh, it, it's really not damaging. Now I don't soak the books down on it. But, uh, <laughs> right. All the, all the, if you've seen videos or pictures of the speakeasy, all the toy collections, all the Star Wars helmets and whatnot, none of them are getting damaged by this stuff, which is an, an added bonus. Yeah. It makes it easier for me to just do a nice, again, even coat, let it mm -hmm. sit, you know, and, and repeat as needed as people come in and out. Yeah. And, um, and like you said, you know, it's, it's safe when you spray it in your eyes. When my daughter is five years old, comes home from school, I blast her right in the face with it. And, and, <laughs> and she's fine. In the summer, the slip and slide is just made out of it. We just use the slide now. So nobody gets COVID when they do the slip and slide. None. We'll make a pool. There you go. Public there pools. You go. Public pools. And, and listen, it's chlorine based, right? So we're not uh, But as opposed off. to bleach, which would be very destructive on stuff. People lose, I think, that site that sometimes bleach right. really does. Um, uh, the only thing that I've had with Selectricide is some of the members, when they wipe down their own stuff, uh, you know, what we call our grime pass, is they soak the bottom of the bell, which is the least affected part uh, in a lot of ways. Yeah. And they, they put it back on the rack um, mm -hmm. before they wipe it. And then it's just, it's more that there's just liquid. It's not the Selectricide. So I've gotten like the little rust ring that I've had to the clean up. But again, yep. it's, we've now told everybody like, don't soak the bottom of the bell. Don't if you rinse it off, wipe the bottom. Done. Um, but it hasn't had that effect on anything on the on the fabric on the benches or shirts. Yeah. No, it, it's it's a uh, it's it's a good product. So really, what I want you to do is, if you're a gym owner or if you are a homeowner, you know, this is a residential based product as well. You know, I, I have these bottles all in my house, and uh, my wife actually makes the one G at home in our garage. You know, she takes the one G, she drops it in the bucket, she fills up the spray bottles, and that's our unlimited source of our disinfectant. But no matter what product you have, you have to just Google it with SDS, which is safety data sheet, and just scroll down to section eight. That's it. That's all I want you to do. And if it says you have to wear gloves, you have to wear goggles, you have to wear a mask when using this, it's not right for you. That's it. That's it. That's the simple fact of the matter. Because if you're spraying that between sessions, it's still hanging in the air. People are coming in and breathing it. Your staff are going to sue your ass in six months, <laughs> you know, and, and that, you know, there's a whole liability aspect of it too, but that, that's really what it is. And, and number three, it's, you just have to uh, stay on top of it. And that's like, you know, I hate, there's a, there's COVID fatigue, but really what I'm starting to see is COVID amnesia. People are just like, it doesn't, it no longer exists. I'm good. 
there's a lot of a lot of coaches uh and trainers have become <laughs> shocking political analysts yeah. and infectious disease experts over the last eight nine sure. months and i just try to at least keep uh reminding myself that i'm dumb enough not to know about a lot of these things so i'll, I'll rely on more trusted <laughs> voices like yours um kevin thank you so much for My taking pleasure. time to chat with me and again um you know so every month listeners like I get my testing kit. It goes yeah. in the fridge. I schedule the call with Kevin. We hop on. He's like, okay, so let's find something new that we haven't done. So I don't know exactly what we're going to swab nope. up. So it's a, a oh, random process. testing. Yep. And, um, and then we take a little swab like this, swab it, and he puts it back and it comes to me. And then we, 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 you know, I mail it out. I get my grade and it'll tell me too of the things, what ones I could work a little harder. Like I've been right. you know, overall we're, we're in the grade, but you know, you'll see lower numbers on certain items and higher numbers on others and you adjust. And that for me is the invaluable learning thing. Like the, right. the grade is a marketing tool so people can see that I'm safe, Correct. that I'm investing in it. But yeah. the information behind the grade for me is the important part that like as an owner, like I'm, you know, how do I really know? This is one of those avenues. So thank you. Where where can people find out more about Trusted Safe? And we should talk about the United States Fitness Co Coalition um, in, in terms of finding out more information on that. Yeah. So basically, uh, TrustedSafe.org uh, is the sort of the current landing page where we're revamping it with our partnership with the United States Fitness Coalition. There on the United States Fitness Coalition side, there is a Fitness Safe uh, tab that has a little bit more information on the the partnership between my company and that coalition. And really you have to, if you're looking to get information on that, if you're an owner, you just have to basically go to the usfc.info, which is what their website is and look at, see if membership's right for you. And if it is, it opens up a, a lot of experts and uh, resources available for, for gym owners. And, you know, it, I think, a lot of people that haven't affirmed or are afraid to affirm, I think they're just afraid of, of like the unknown. And it's very easy to get caught up on this because it's not difficult once you, you know, uh, one of the things with the testing is a lot of what we do is we have an initial sort of call before um, for like the new members coming in, we have an initial Zoom call that has nothing to do with the testing. It's just sort of like, hey, this is what the protocols are. Tell me your protocols, tell me your procedures, tell me how you're testing or tell me how you're cleaning rather, tell me the products you're using. And like, there have been people that have completely changed their entire process based on that 30 minute Zoom. And they're like, yeah. oh shit. It was like, a big help uh, for listeners. When I mentioned the affirmation thing in, in scheduling your inspection, part of the inspection was you had to print out the guidelines of the state and have your team sign it so that they could see that everybody was made aware of it. So we did that, but I also had printed out the guidelines that came from the New York Fitness Coalition and had my team mm -hmm. sign that as well so that it was there. And just again, like, you know, Jessica and everybody that was going through this and yourselves really gave us detailed things of what to prepare, prepare for. And I remember you and I hop on the phone real quick and you were like, uh, you know, this, 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 and this. And uh, we nailed it. And again, yeah. even on the Department of Health side, we had a couple of signs we didn't have or they wanted me to add a column to a sign-in sheet. Right. They were super cool. Like, yeah. so this like uh, against us mentality is really a handful of people at the top top um, versus like all of the people. So if, if you know what I mean, when, uh, again, I don't want to come across super political, but when Cuomo right. makes a bold statement, that does not mean that everybody in his cabinet and everybody in the Department of Health and everybody in the Department of Labor and everybody under that is actually backing that statement. 
Um, oh, not at all. It's, it's, it's actually the complete opposite. It's true. And folks like to not to be like petty as shit, but like also like, you know, his brother's wife was sitting doing yoga, no mask next to somebody, at, you yeah. know, in the Hamptons. Like mm-hmm. they have themselves also been breaking a lot of the same rules publicly yeah. while giving us all the finger. Uh, you know, it is what it is. It's just like, it'd be really nice. I would feel a lot better if they actually just said thank you every now and then even without giving us any financial support or anything like there should immediately be yeah. like, okay, here's the hot zone. Here's the red zone support plan, financial mm-hmm. support plan. Here's an orange. Zone. So let's tell you to close, but how are they going to keep you available to open again? Right. Right. That should just be part of this process folks. And that's what we're missing out on. But yeah. I will say if you strip away all the politics and all the opinions, we have to make this a safe spot for our members. First and foremost, yeah. wherever you believe on any of this shit, you have to make a safe spot. Um, because I, I know for myself, our handyman had passed away, unrelated to the speakeasy. We were closed, but he had passed away from COVID. I've mm-hmm. had members that, based on their professions, not, you know, after we were already closed, had gotten COVID. I've got friends that are very strong from around the U.S. that became long haulers. Like, you could say what you could say. Fitness helps for sure. We're part sure. of the thing. But we're not like, <laughs> we're not a vaccine. Um, and you just might not have been effective by it other than financially. And hopefully that's the way it stays for you. Right. Um, but anyway, th- this has been the part where I think you I was so excited to talk to you, Kevin, is, is because I think you can provide to actually truly say, uh, again, there's no guarantees. There's always assessed risk. So I don't mean truly sure. like a thousand percent guarantee. Yeah. But that we are really taking the most educated science-based steps. Forget subjective opinion. Forget, mm-hmm. po- forget political or mass biases that this is actually the, you know, you were saying works for hotels, restaurants, yep. schools, government buildings. That's all I need to know that like we're, I'm treating my facility and my members and my team. And then I turn their friends and their family and everybody the same. So thank right. you so much for being a part of that. Very the well. links to all of this will be, you know, in the show notes on the podcast. Yep. Um, so well, I'm, we- I'm actually going to interrupt you real, real please, quick, even, though, even though I have another zoom, just to, Again, put that in perspective in, in terms of like the, the science and the data and all of that stuff. Part of, part of the Trusted Safe program is that if something happens and you have to go to court, I show up as your expert witness. So I don't hang you out to dry. You know, so like this is not made up. <laughs> this yeah. is not fluff. It's not bullshit. And uh, we're, we're like really deep in this together. And that's what like, you know, people should understand that it's not, it's not fluff because I, I have been an expert on, you know, an expert witness in these things before. And um, there's a lot to it. And the, the, there is documentable, definable protocols that you specifically are doing and other members of the USFC and NYFC are doing. And uh, like I always say, you know, it meets and exceeds the current state guidelines and you're just keeping people safe. That's awesome. So the way we wrap up the show yeah. is the guest says, tells the listeners to die mighty. Can you tell the listeners to die mighty? Die mighty. <laughs> awesome. Hey, thanks so much, Kevin. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to be seeing you on the Facebooks yeah. and, and when we get the next test kit in. Have a All good right. one, brother. Thanks. You too. The Coach Fury podcast is created, owned, and produced by Steve Coach Fury Holliner for Fury Industries, LLC. Music provided by The FTW. Visit the FTW.nyc for band, tour, music, and merch info. Artwork created by Glenn Gurrieta. Visit glengurrieta.com, that's G-L-E-N-N-U-R-I-E-T-A, or follow him on Instagram at glengurrieta. Voice over by Laura Palmer. <laughs>